Hello and welcome back to another episode of Horribly Happy. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Sophie. And we are back at it in your ears once again. Hello. How it's are you me. doing? <laughs> I'm the I've problem, been... it's me. <laughs> I've been better. I'm a little under the weather. Yeah, I can uh, I can see it. I'm looking at you right now. You're cuddled <laughs> up in a blanket. <laughs> Hair is pulled back, has not been washed. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was traveling for work and it was all good things, but it was, it was very tiring because it's like, I have the full day of work and then typically we would do like dinner or happy hour or something after. So it was just kind of like an all day, everyday thing. Um, and I think I was like at a conference with a lot of people. So I think I just got it from someone slash I'm just a little run down, but I've been testing for COVID all week because we had to for the conference and I don't believe it's COVID. I think it's just a good old fashioned virus. Just a cold baby. They still exist. <laughs> They're still out there. Yeah. So, uh, so you were traveling for work um, all week. I don't travel for work anymore, but I used to frequently and it was terrible, (laughs) like not fun because like you said, there's the whole work day. And then at the end of the work day, you typically there's happy hours, dinner, whatever. And that goes until like 9 PM. And then you like go home and want to cry and have to wake up and do it all over again. I know it was like, I like my coworkers and I like the people I was with, but I was like, I just want to go back to the hotel room, watch TV and order room service. Like I don't want to go out to eat every night and be social after being social all day. So, um, it's just like super, super draining, but yes. And I didn't like my coworkers. So that was, that's tough. But you were doing a little bit more intense work than me during the day. And I feel like you um, you would mostly travel like via car. You would fly sometimes. I, it was a mix, but yeah, okay. flying and car. I feel like at least with flying, like I can just get on the plane and plug my headphones in. Yeah. And like I'm not, I'm likely not sitting by someone I know that wasn't the case for this trip because um the city I went to is so small and it's just like always people from my company. So, um, but in a car, it's like, you still have to be oh yeah, on and social. Yeah. I just had a flashback to one of my trips where we were in a car for seven hours that day, driving to a work site and then back from a work site. I think it was actually eight hours and I drove the whole time my boss that I was with never offered to drive like wasn't there also a road trip where you were like stuck in the middle seat or at least like in the back seat oh, yeah so you were like scrunched <laughs> together yes we flew there and then we drove around in like a tiny little car and I sat in the middle every time with I don't want to like get too much into this company but like a very high up person to my left and then my boss to my right and it was like excruciating mm-hmm. <laughs> Me in the middle seat. And Jenna's like beyond just like being squished against your coworkers, like you're actually tall too. So it's like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. 
Like I would be uncomfortable in the middle seat too, but add height onto that. And it's just. Yeah. Okay. Did I ever tell you about this time that I was traveling for work and I, somebody like chased me to my hotel room? Yeah, you did. Okay. I like blocked that out of my memory for a bit, but. Can you tell what city that was in? Cause I don't remember. Um, I don't want to say the city, but okay. I'll just say it's it's a really small town in Nebraska. Okay, That's where it was like. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <Bless you. laughs> Thank you. Like a tiny little town, um, and there wasn't even a hotel in the town. It was just a motel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm checking in, and it's like 9 p.m. because we finally got done with like all of our work stuff. And so I'm, I have my suitcase and I have to go up a level, which is like upstairs. And it's like motels, you know, where there's outer entrances. So you're not like yeah. inside. Yeah. Um, is that the difference between a motel and a hotel? Like, what's the actual difference? Do we know? I think that's like what I associate the difference between a hotel and a motel. Yeah. I kind of think so too. Keep going. I'm going to do a little Googling. Okay. But I'm listening. For those hearing the typing, that's Sophie researching for us live (laughs) click 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 click. (laughs) it was like really loud I think your microphone's like over your keys so it was like intense clicking sounds you could actually hear the clicking oh yeah (laughs) oh funny okay so yeah I um was getting out of the car to go up to my motel room and I see like somebody kind of lurking behind me and I'm like that's kind of weird so I'm like briskly walking to the stairs and then they start like matching my pace following behind me and then I get to the stairs and I'm like I don't feel good I just had like a really weird feeling so I picked up my suitcase and literally sprinted up the stairs and got to my door and as soon as I was closing the door I heard him the person that was at behind me also sprinting up the stairs and then like we made eye contact as my door was closing because I don't know it seemed like he was like trying to see where I lived I don't yeah motel room was I don't know I called the motel front desk I'm like can I get switched rooms and the motel was full like okay there's like a crickety old motel so I like um, put a chair up by the door and I literally got like 30 minutes of sleep lot that night so I was so scared nothing happened it was just really scary I'm like why why no, are people this way super unsettling and like what I really don't like about motels that are or hotels motels that have the outside entrances it's like there's typically also a window then right by the door and yeah. it's just like so creepy because you're just like I mean, those wouldn't be that hard to break into probably. Well, no, and the window, because I also looked at the window because I'm like, okay, I have something that's like somewhat protecting my door, but this window is old as shit and I'm like, mm-hmm. really nervous about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it ended up being fine. But like that guy was weird because he literally like ran after me. Like, like I'm not exaggerating. He ran up the stairs and I don't know if he was doing it just to be a dick or what, but it was not fun. No, that's terrible. Yeah, anyways... That's me hijacking your work story. <laughs> I didn't really have anything else. Um, I stayed at a very nice hotel. I didn't have any issues there. Whenever I travel for work, I always request a room with a king size bed versus two queens because they're usually the same price. Yeah, as you should. Um, 
Yeah. And I just loved it. Like this hotel, like I had a little hallway and then I like got in and it was like my big king size bed and my giant <laughs> TV. And I was just like living the life. Hey. <laughs> also, there's, it is not really clear differences for sure. Just that motels are more self-service and they don't have as many amenities. Oh, okay. Well, this was definitely a motel. Yeah. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, I'm feeling a little run down, but I'm hoping I can kick this little virus and be ready for Christmas and the holiday season. But you also had a busy work week. You weren't traveling, but you were still very busy. Yeah, we both were, were working dusk till dawn. <laughs> but it's, it's all good things. Just some um, extra hours being put in before the holidays so we're just saying this because we don't have that much chit chat to talk about because nothing's really happened in our lives because we've just been working (laughs) uh yeah I know you texted me like Thursday I think and you're like how are you we haven't talked like all week I I know literally how's it going (laughs) are you okay (laughs) Uh, yeah I know yeah we did we did squeeze in a housewarming party yesterday for yes our dear friend Sarah's sister Becca her and her husband bought a new house so we sprinkled it with warmth it was like housewarming slash birthday because her and her husband also have birthdays like a week week apart so um it was adorable it was their house so is cute. amazing um I loved Listeners it Listeners of the pod know that we love houses with charm and this house yes. it's like charm threw up all over it Yes. But then like updated in all the best ways. Yeah. Like where you want the updates, you know, like, like updated, but still kept the integrity of the structure and like the charm of the old house. Yeah. What they, they did a little game, which was really cute. It was like a trivia oh, game. Cute. It was like maybe 10 questions. And because it was their birthday, there was also some like questions about their birthday on it. But then um, there was like questions about the house and I want to have a housewarming party, probably not until after the new year, but I'm like, I'm totally going to do like a little game like that. And then they had little prizes for um, people who like did well. And of course, Jenna and I did well, but of course um, we won. <laughs> <laughs> like we no, win was, every game, like every baby shower, every bachelor. We're so competitive. We win those games. <laughs> we're very competitive. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. Um we, I was going to say something about the holidays, but I can't remember. Oh, we were talking about, because we got to, we got to get, we got dinner before the housewarming party, you and I did. Mm-hmm. And we went to like a little um, food hall that had like a little pop-up holiday market. And we were just talking about how there's just not enough weekends or time in between Thanksgiving and Christmas to do all the fun little holiday Christmas things. And that we wish that Christmas could be moved to the end of January because one, you'd have more time to like s- just soak up the holiday season. And two, it'd make January less terrible because January is a terrible month. Yeah. Um, but uh, we we also grew up Catholic, so we understand why it's not. In January. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an arbitrary date. We can move it. I I know. I agree. Yeah, it would be super nice. There's so many things that I like haven't experienced yet this holiday season. And I don't think I will because there's just not enough time. Like we, we work full-time jobs. (laughs) Yes. 
we're busy. We're busy women. Yeah. So we're going to try and cram some more in. I think Zach and I might go look at some Christmas lights next Saturday. We typically go to like the Arboretum because they have like a holiday lights show. But I was like, it'd be kind of fun to like go to like a really nice area neighborhood and then just like look at all the mansions with their lights and stuff like around the lakes. I was going to say, I've heard they have good Christmas light setups over there. They did have one. This was like three or four years ago. Somebody put up Christmas lights on their house across Lake of the Isles and it spelled fuck Trump. (laughs) That's hilarious. I didn't know that. Um, There's a house. A couple years ago, though. There's a house over there that does um, good Halloween decorations. I saw someone else a couple years ago post and they had like a bunch of skeletons, like fake I skeletons. I posted that. No, it was someone else. Maybe you saw it too then. Okay, yeah. But like, it, I distinctly remember someone else because it's someone I don't know very well. But I was like, I need to ask them where this house is because like I'm obsessed. Yeah, so it's right by Lake Harriet. It's right by my old neighborhood. Like I would walk by it. What? So it was the skeletons that did prom? The prom skeletons? Yeah, that's what maybe, I'm talking about. Maybe I didn't see that one. There's one where there's like, 30 different skeletons like crawling all over the yard and up the house so a mob of skeletons this was last year so maybe a few years ago they did it differently yeah the the one I remember is that they made it like prom so they like hung a disco ball and they had the skeletons dressed in like (laughs) 90s prom attire and like dancing and like a dj and I loved it it was so hilarious it's I feel so like it cute. has to be the same house and they just like do it differently each year. I think they do. I feel like they probably do a theme, like a different theme. Yeah. Yeah. There's a house nearby my new house that, do you remember the skeletons, the Home Depot skeletons that were like 12 feet tall? Yes. Um, They have it outside their house year round and then they decorate it seasonally. So like Halloween is obviously like the skeleton. How does that here? Oh, seriously? Yeah. So somebody's doing that now and it's yes. out for Christmas. Yes. They have a Santa hat and they're holding an ornament. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. ah, it's giant. <laughs> yeah. Good for them, I guess. I don't know if I would do that, but. Oh, I, I definitely would not. But yeah, good for them. Um, <laughs> so with the, with the holidays, New Year's Eve is also approaching, which I don't have plans this New Year's Eve. A few times I've had a wedding on New Year's Eve, which has been lovely because I don't know, like contrary to popular opinion, or this is like my opinion, I really like New Year's Eve weddings because it's like a set place where you're going to be. And it's not like, oh, you have to pay a cover to get into a bar Mm -hmm. that you don't even really want to be at. Like you're celebrating like somebody's love with friends and family. Like I really like it, but I don't have that this year. So I'm a little bit bummed. And I think that New Year's Eve is overrated and it's never as like never lives up to your expectations of what you think it's going to be. So having a wedding is nice because then you have something to do. And like I had a really good friend get married last New Year's Eve. So that was really fun, except when I got sick, but that was covered (laughs) on the podcast. We don't need to cover it again. But um, yeah, you and I were talking about how, well, last year I went to the wedding but you and Jordan and Hannah I think it was just you four and did like a game night 
Um, yep, we got uh, Jersey Mike subs and to the game night. I love that. So I want to do something like that. But maybe eventually I want to start my own New Year's tradition and be the one who like hosts the New Year party. Yeah. You know? So, okay. So I was actually thinking of that for this year. Like, I think I want to host a little get together. Shindig? Yeah. I love. But like small. No, yeah. Because Becca's party yesterday made me just, I was like, oh, I kind of want to throw another little something, something. Mm-hmm. I'm just putting out feelers but yeah that's that's kind of the what's been going on in our realm um I spent a really good portion of today reading through resources on my story I got really sucked in I read way, way more than I needed to but I just like really got sucked into my story and I feel really sad now it's just like a really sad story um should we get into it yeah, I'm I'm nervous. Yes. Have I heard of it, do you think? I would be surprised if you have not heard of it. But okay. I I guess it's something that um maybe you haven't looked into deeply. Okay. Okay, so I am going to tell the story of Otto Warmbier, the American hostage that was in North Korea. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really sad story. Um, my source today is Wikipedia and GQ.com. So the GQ article was written by Doug Bach Clark. Um, and he like researched the story for like six months and then wrote an article on it, like deeper than like what like major news organizations were doing articles on it because it was a very popular story so a lot of Mm -hmm. news articles were being written about it but they weren't very detailed and it was kind of just like nobody knew what was going on so he did like a deep investigation on it so this is like his findings on the story um which uh are not quite the same as like popular belief on the story based on like the mainstream media what they were what was being pushed at that time so I'll just get into all of that but first let me tell you a bit about Otto um he was an all-american guy in high school he was prom king salutatorian in high school as well Um, and then he went on to the University of Virginia with a scholarship and he was very smart he wanted to get into finance after college He was very interested in other cultures. He had visited Israel, Europe, Cuba, and Ecuador in the past. Um, And this is like very recent history. Like this story at the beginning of it takes place in 2015. Yeah. um, And ends in 2017. So it's really recent. Do you remember this story? I feel like I remember kind of the tail end of it. Um, I don't want to give away any, I know you're going to go into it, but I, I feel like I don't remember keeping up with it in real time, just kind of tuning in at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So me too. That's what, how it was before. Mm -hmm. So Otto was scheduled to go on a study abroad program in Hong Kong in early 2016. And he decided to visit North Korea in route to his Hong Kong study abroad. Um, He was interested in different cultures. Like he had gone to Cuba, which was previously not a place where like US citizens Mm -hmm. typically went. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he really wanted to like see 
North Korea, but also meet the people there. Yeah. Um, so he booked a tour to North Korea with the Young Pioneer Tours, which was a budget tour operator based in China and was founded by two New Zealanders. So and this is like a thing you can you can book a tour of North Korea. So you um am I jumping ahead or is this like something well, I'll get into it a little bit, but like okay. citizens can no longer go to North Korea unless yeah. you have special state approval. So it's not as okay. easy to go after this. But like other tourists can go. Okay. Um, but it's it's very select amount of people. Um, yeah. And the, de- okay, so the slogan of Young Pioneer Tours uh, is destinations your mother would rather you stayed away from. Probably true. <laughs> Otto's father, Fred, said that Young Pioneer advertised the trip as safe for U.S. citizens and that Otto was curious about their culture and he wanted to meet the people of North Korea. On December 29th, 2015, Otto flew uh, via Beijing to North Korea with his tour group, which included 10 other U.S. citizens for a five-day... Okay, that's actually wrong. It, it in, The tour group included 10 other people, one of which was a U.S. citizen. Um, and it was a five-day New Year's Eve tour. So they were just going to be there for five days. So even though state imprisons and sometimes executes citizens trying to flee it, it permits thousands of foreigners to visit every year on tightly controlled tours. And it's one of its ways its sanctioned crippled economy makes cash. So they do allow a few thousand tourists each year, but it's very strict. Yeah. So... According to the author of this article, if Otto Googled tour North Korea, the top link would have been Young Pioneer Tours because they offer that service and not a lot of other places do. The State Department during that time of the United States had an advisory in place against traveling to North Korea uh, because you would be beyond the American government's power to directly help you. So... The tours uh, took place in Pyongyang, which was a city in North Korea. Um, So during that trip early on, Otto and the other young pioneers uh, were led aboard the USS Pueblo, which was an American Navy spy ship that had been seized by the North Koreans in 1968. Today, it serves as a odd tourist attraction. They toured the ship and the young pioneers were regaled by a North Korean who told the foreign visitors about capturing the ship from the imperial enemy. The 82 American sailors captured on the Pueblo were beaten and starved for 11 months before finally being released. During this tour, um, it made clear to Otto that this (laughs) was something maybe he perhaps overlooked before. He was truly in enemy territory. So even though the Korean War stalemated in 1953, uh, there was never a peace agreement signed. So that meant the North was still technically at war with South Korea and all of its allies, which includes the U.S. Got it. So once they got off the boat, um, Danny Grattan, who was um, a 
British 40 something who took the tour and he was Otto's roommate. Um, Grattan said that Otto was a little bit shocked after that tour. Um, and then the other tourists, which included a mix of Canadians, Australians, Europeans, and one other American, helped Otto laugh off that dark knowledge by nicknaming him the imperial enemy on the trip. So, because he was like visibly shaken after going on the boat. So like yeah. when they're like out and about, they'd be like, hey, imperial enemy, want to grab me a beer? Like yeah. it was kind of funny. So on New Year's Eve, which was the last day, full day of their trip, the young pioneers went drinking at a fancy bar. After the bar, they celebrated the final hours of New Year's Eve with thousands of North Koreans in Pyongyang's main square. The group then returned to their hotel, known as the Alcatraz of Fun, because uh, it's uh, located on an island. It's okay. uh, it's it's a hotel where foreigners stay. So it's a forty-seven story tower, and it's furnished with five restaurants a bar, a sauna, a massage parlor, and its own bowling alley. So some uh, young pioneers headed to the bar, some went bowling, and during that time, everyone lost track of Otto. It was only later that the group would uh, wonder about the two-hour window that none of them could account for. North Korea would later release grainy CCTV camera footage of an unidentifiable, fig unidentifiable figure moving a framed propaganda poster from a wall in a restricted area of the hotel, claiming it was Otto during that time that he was unaccounted mm -hmm. for. The morning after, they went to the airport to fly out. Otto and his group were boarding the plane and him and his roommate were held up at the very end and it was taking an unusually long time. During that time, two soldiers marched up, one tapped Otto on the soldier and his roommate um, thought that they were just like giving them a hard time and he didn't realize like the seriousness of, seriousness of it. And he said, well, that's the last we'll ever see of you. And sadly it was. Um, North Korea's state-run Korean Central News Agency initially announced that Otto had been detained for a hostile act against the state, but did not specify further details. North Korea refused to elaborate on the precise nature of his wrongdoing for six weeks, although a young pioneer spokeswoman advised Reuters, a news organization, that there had been an incident at the hotel. In a press conference on February 29th, 2016, so this is like two months after. Yeah. After Otto read a prepared statement. He confessed that he had attempted to steal a propaganda poster from a restricted staff only area on the second floor of the hotel to take home. The poster said in Korean, let's arm ourselves strongly with King Jong-il's patriotism. Damaging or stealing such items with the name or image of a Korean North Korean leader is considered a serious crime by the government, the North Korean government. It is not known whether the confession was forced, uh, as Otto never um, was able to. Otto eventually became unconscious, and he was never able to like say what happened, confirm or deny. Also, essentially, part of the story. Yeah. However, during his statement, it is clear that he was under duress and former prisoners of North Korea have later also said that their confessions 
uh, were stated under duress and they recanted their statements. So there has been a handful of other North, or there has been another, a handful of other U.S. citizens that have been detained in North Korea and they've um, worked most of them out. Um, and many of them like account for their time there. And like, we can go into details on this later, uh, but there are other people that have gotten out of detainment in North Korea. So it's not like we don't know anything about it. Yeah. So Otto's confession also stated that he plotted to steal the poster at the behest of the Methodist church in his hometown and the Z Society, which was a secret society at the University of Virginia that he wished to join, both of which were allied with the CIA. Um, two important things to note, Otto was Jewish, so okay. did not belong to the Methodist church, and he was not a part of the Z Society organization. Was uh, the Z Society real, though? Was that real? It was real, but both the Methodist church and Z Society said, like, mm, we never told him to do that. Yeah. Um, and I watched videos of his statement, and it's so clearly not written by him. Mm-hmm. It's like, it sounds like somebody who's doesn't have English as their first language yeah. wrote it because it says like, I've been, well, what did it say? Like the wording doesn't make sense, but he reads it like verbatim. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't remember the exact things that he was saying, but it, it's clearly just like a script that he's reading. Yeah. So on March 16th, 2016, Otto was tried and convicted in North Korea's Supreme Court. His trial lasted one hour. Yeah. He was charged with subversion of under Article 60 of North Korea's criminal code. The court held that he had committed a crime pursuant to the U.S. government's hostile policy towards North Korea in a bid to impair the unity of its people after entering as a tourist. Evidence at his trial included his confession, CCTV footage, fingerprints evidence, and witness uh, testimony. The CCTV footage showed a man who was identified as Otto by his North Korean guide enter a staff-only area on March 18th. Uh, The Korean, uh, Korea released this low-resolution video which was time stamped at 1.57 a.m. And it showed a figure removing a poster from a wall and then placing it on the floor. Um, Otto indicated in his confession that he abandoned the poster after discovering it was too large to carry away. Otto's confession also read, I never, never should have allowed myself to be lured by the United States administration to commit a crime in this country. I wish the United States administration never manipulated people like myself in the future to commit crimes against foreign countries. I entirely beg you, the people and government of the DPRK, for your forgiveness. Please, I made the worst mistake of my life. Otto was sentenced to 15 years of hard labor. So during, after his sentencing and after and before his sentencing, his parents, Fred and Cindy, met with the Obama administration um, and the officials there multiple times to try to organize Otto's release. And then once the administ- once Trump took over, he also 
met with the Trump or the parents also met with the Trump administration. There's so much that went into um, getting Otto out so much back and forth with American diplomats and North Korea. I don't want to recount that whole um, back and forth, but I highly recommend you read that GQ story, which is GQ, this, um, the untold story of Otto Warmbier. Um, so you can learn more about that because there's a lot of different people involved. There's yeah. false promises by North Korea that they're going to release him. A diplomat flew over to North Korea and wasn't even allowed to see Otto. And then finally, out of the blue, the diplomat got a call from North Korea saying that Otto was unconscious and had been since uh, for a while and that they were going to release him the U.S. Um, so after 17 months in detention, Otto who was still in a comatose state, was medically evacuated from the Pyongyang Friendship Hospital to Cincinnati. He arrived in the evening of June 13th, 2017. He was then taken to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, where doctors tried to determine what caused his coma and if there were signs of recovery. Unfortunately, they found that there were no signs of recovery. He was in a persistent vegetative state. Medical records from North Korea showed that Otto had been in this state since April 2016, which was one month after his conviction. So during his release, North Korea provided a disc containing two magnetic uh, brain image scans dated April and July 2016, showing severe brain damage. Brain scans revealed Otto had suffered extensive loss of brain tissue throughout his brain, consistent with a cardiopulmonary event that caused the brain to be deprived of oxygen. Um, Six days after his arrival to the United States, his parents decided to remove his feeding tube and Otto died in the hospital at 2.20 p.m. on June 19th, 2017 at the age of 22. Just devastating. And the question still remains, how did this happen? How did he get to this state? Um, So his family and the Trump organization and a lot of the mainstream media at the time said he got this way because he was physically tortured and signs of waterboarding. Um, And that was really the narrative that was being pushed and is still being pushed by Otto's family. Um, This article, they requested a quote from the family. The family gave the quote. Um, The family then found out more details of the article and recanted their quote because they weren't, it wasn't following the narrative that they had for Otto. Okay. So they still push that he was physically tortured and that's why this happened. Um, And not to say, and, and this article does not say that Otto was not, psychologically tortured because clearly he was yeah they just say that he wasn't physically tortured because the coroner found no signs of physical torture there was no skull fracture or prior head injury there was some signs of um physical possibility possible physical um 
damages on his foot, I believe. And um, I can't remember what else, but there was some physical things, but for the most part, his body was in really good physical shape. It was his brain. Yeah. He had damage on. Um, so this is what the family claims. This is what the Trump organization claimed for years. And then Trump and King Jong-un, then they had an interesting relationship, as we know. Um, mm-hmm. At the end, uh, Trump's organization kind of dropped the torture narrative. And they said that his life was not taken in vain because it allowed like these steps to be taken to bridge like North America or North Korea and America together um, because they had a better relationship towards the end. So he kind of ditched that narrative and um, Otto's family was, is like a very Republican family. Like they, they outwardly support like very Republican candidates. So they are very, um, they sing a lot of praise about Trump and Trump did get auto home. Um, like he was actually like involved in bringing him home. Like he was like yeah. pushing for it. Um, and they have a lot of bad things to say about the Obama administration during that okay. time, North Korea and the United States were not even really on speaking terms. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're really, really critical of that. Um, and they, yeah, sing a lot of praise about, you know, the Trump administration. Um, Even now after Trump home. has been like, he wasn't tortured probably. Oh, Trump's never like recounted that he wasn't tortured. He just stopped talking about it. Got it. So like, um, he would like talk about it, a lot of his speeches and like, it was like a rallying cry. And then it just kind of stopped. And he got it. The last thing he really said was like, his life was not taken in vain because it allowed us to do this. Yeah. Um, okay. So the staff at friendship hospital, which was a hospital in North Korea said they were such a strange, these names, Um, but they said they received auto the morning after the trial where he was convicted and that he was unresponsive when he showed up to the hospital. They had to resuscitate him. They gave him oxygen and put him on a ventilator. So they saved his life. That's what they're claiming. Mm-hmm. North Korean authorities did not de- disclose his medical condition until June 2017, when they announced that he had fallen into a coma as a result of botulism and a sleeping pill. Botulism is a serious illness caused by a toxin that attacks the body's nerves. Autopsy reports have shown no signs of botulism. However, they can't rule out botulism and a sleeping pill combined with, you know, too much of a sleeping pill or some other factors can cause what happened to his brain. Okay, so there's other speculations that this was caused by an attempt to die by suicide because it according to North Korea which like you know depends like what you want to what source of information you want to trust that they received auto the day after his um conviction so he had just he was sentenced to 15 years in hard labor yeah um and other uh, 
other people that have been held by North Korea, other U.S. citizens that have been held by North Korea, um, say that they did that there was some like physical things happening typically like before you confess. Okay. So, but after confession, it's typically like psychological, like the United States forgot about you. You're never going to, they're never going to come get you again. Yeah. So that's what typically would happen. Obviously we don't have an account for him, but you could see how somebody like under extreme duress, who's been locked up for two months now, all you did was literally pick up a poster and put it on the ground. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to be stuck here for 15 years or more. Like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. knows. Mm -hmm. See how that would be like extremely, extremely duressing. And then, so that's why some people think, some experts think it was an attempt at suicide because his brain was in a vegetative state where it could have been caused by something like that because it would have been like a lot, uh, you know, a lack of oxygen to the brain. Yeah. There's not an answer to any of this, but specifically the suicide portion, his fan, that's why their family recanted the statement because they don't agree with that at all. They are sticking with the torture narrative, physical torture narrative, even though, you know, the coroner found no signs of physical torture. So, and that is a U.S. coroner not North Korean corner. Got it. Yeah. So at this point, nobody knows what happened. Um, U.S. citizens are no longer allowed to travel to North Korea unless you get specific state approval. Um, And yeah, it's just a really sad story. (laughs) And it's terrible. Like, I guess I don't, it's hard to like know what actually happened because obviously you're getting messages from you're getting a narrative from North Korea and they're trying to also like uphold their image. Mm -hmm. If I had to like piece together what happened, I think that was him with the sign. Yeah. And like, that's just like a, a really, really, well, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Yes, exactly. And that's what like the um the US diplomat that was fighting to get him home talked about. Like, this is like a college mistake. Like literally yeah. like picked it up and like he the video is literally him or a person picking it up off the wall, looking at it, putting it on the floor. That's it. Yeah. Didn't yeah. try to walk out with it, didn't try to like roll it up. Like that's literally it. Yeah so sad um I guess I can't even believe he like went there in the first place yeah um it's his decision he was an adult his family Mm -hmm. was like yeah he was just like really passionate about it but it's like okay with something with like a I don't with a place like that people shouldn't be going there yeah opinion this should have never right. happened to him. He was totally treated unfairly, whether he was physically abused or not. He was 1000% psychologically abused. Yeah. Um, I just feel terrible. So yeah, it's really, really sad. It's super disturbing um, to hear and, all those details. And the videos of him confessing are like really, really sad because he's reading from a script and it doesn't make, the script doesn't really make sense. But then he gets up and like, 
starts crying and emotionally appealing like please forgive me I made an like I made a mistake it's just like so so sad yeah yeah gosh I mean North Korea runs their government very different than we do but my goodness the punishment does not fit the crime it's so terrible I think obviously we don't know all the answers feels more so like they were just trying to make an example out of him and use Mm -hmm. him as leverage and it's just so so terrible well yeah and like the quotes like the quotes that he's saying quote unquote or reading from it's like I hatched my plan before boarding the plane the plan being to turn the North Korean public against themselves like something it's just strange it's just bizarre yeah and like if he was like on that tour a couple days prior and was really shook up by it um maybe he like wanted to take the poster as like a souvenir but I doubt he was really had this huge scheme of trying to like overthrow North Korea like right yeah exactly I want to find one of the quotes that is just like bizarre oh oh here is what he said um he was impressed by North Korea's humanitarian treatment of severe criminals like myself, which is just like humanitarian treatment. That does that's not like a real phrase. Of um, severe criminals like himself. Right. And then he refers to the United States as the conavance, con which is like not a term that we use. Um yeah. So uh, you can find clips of this, but it's just like, it Mm-mm. doesn't, doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's my story. Yeah. That makes me want to look into it more as well. and Like watch those videos, but it's yeah. um, super disturbing. Very sad. <sighs> okay. Switching gears. <laughs> um, mine's short and sweet and yeah, palate cleanser. It is um, following the holiday spirit and Christmas time in particular. My only source this week is beamliving.com. And I'm just going to tell a very quick history of the Rockefeller Christmas tree and like how that came to be. Oh, yeah. Which I have personally never seen in person, but um, I think a lot of people know like there's like a big lighting ceremony and I've just they seen like, memes of it online because like the last three years, the tree's been kind of bad, easily at best. <laughs> well, last year, or maybe it was the year before. I can't remember. Um, there was an owl. Yeah. And they found an owl living in the tree. And there were so many funny TikToks of people like <laughs> pretending they're talking from the owl's perspective. I love that. Yes. Um, okay. So thrown it back in December of 1931 workers at the Rockefeller center construction site put their money together for a 20 foot Christmas tree because they were thankful to have jobs during the great depression. The men decorated the tree with handmade garlands, streamers and ornaments made from tin cans, which is just like so great depression era. Yeah. Um, two years later in 1933, Rockefeller put up a 50 foot tree, decorating it with 700 twinkling lights and organized the first official tree lighting ceremony. And holy shit. What? 
That's a huge tree. 50 foot? Yeah. Yeah. In 1936, two trees overlooked the newly opened Rockefeller Plaza outdoor ice skating rink. So that in the 1936 is when they added the ice skating rink. Hmm. And that year, the tree lighting ceremony also included a skating pageant. Then in 1951, NBC televised the first tree lighting on the Kate Smith show. Since then, the tree lighting has featured several celebrities, musicians, and hosts. And it's a very big event, as I'm sure many people have now seen on TV. Fast forward to 2007, the tree was lit with energy efficient LED lights for the first time. And this reduced what? Hey. Yes. This reduced the energy consumption from 3,510 kilowatts per hour, I think is the metric, to 1,297 kilowatts, or sorry, that doesn't make sense. 3,510 kilowatts per hour to, yeah, 1,297 kilowatts per hour, which is equivalent of saving as much energy as a single family would use in a month in a 2,000 square foot home, which is kind of crazy to think what it used to be. Like a 2,000 square foot home is a decent size home. Oh, yeah. And it's a month's worth of energy. Yes, LED is extremely more efficient. If you have LED lights in your house, you should do that. It'll it'll save you money and it will save energy. Yes. Thanks, Jenna. Yes. I knew it was more energy efficient. I just didn't realize how much more energy efficient. Actually, when LED lights like kind of first came onto the scene, I remember like my parents switched like all of our light bulbs in our house and they would, you know, start dim and then get like brighter. I think they have ones that just are bright right away now, but I feel like the first iteration of them was like, and I hated them because it'd be like, you turn it on and be like so dim, which is like take a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, they're not like that anymore. <laughs> First world problems. Um, okay, so then in 2018, architect Daniel um, Leibskind designed the three-dimensional Swarovski, Swarovski, I think is how you say it, mm-hmm. star, like the crystals that would sit on top of the tree, which we're going to post a picture of it because my goodness. The star weighs approximately 900 pounds and features 70 spikes covered in 3 million crystals. What? How does it even? How does it I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm shook. Yes. Um, the tree was also wrapped with more than 50,000 multi-covered LED lights that spanned about five miles of like wire. Wow. Um, so that's kind of the progression of the Rockefeller Christmas tree. And then another little note, which I find really great that I actually had no idea each year since 2007, the lumber milled from the Rockefeller center Christmas tree has been used to help a family build a habitat for a humanity home. Oh, that's sweet. Isn't it sweet? Yeah. So where does the tree come from? Well, I think last year, the year before was the first time they got it from the state of Maine, but I think it usually comes from upstate New York. I'm not sure why they made the switch, um, got it. but I, I did read that. I think it was maybe last year was the first time ever it came not from New York. Here's 
some stipulations that the Rockefeller tree must follow. It cannot be shorter than 65 feet in height or smaller than 35 feet in width. This year's tree, I don't know when this article is written, is a whopping 75 feet tall. Nice. If you think that's big, you must have forgotten about the Rockefeller Center in 1999. Its tree was 100 feet tall. (gasps) How does the star stay up? I truly. That's fascinating. Um, But yeah, I've seen like the videos of the tree looking a little wimpy. um, And then I think they, they, they take like evergreen branches and like stuff it to make it look yeah better. it yeah. always like ends up looking better because it comes it's like traveling like a while so far. on the back of a truck and if they're really like if they actually are looking for those parameters I imagine it's hard to find a perfect tree every year that meets those parameters well, like naturally trees aren't like typically like they're not going to be perfect so <laughs> so <laughs> on the topic of trees like my family every year would get a real christmas tree Same. um my parents don't anymore because they travel back for christmas but my mom really likes and i know your mom has in the past likes you know like thinner christmas trees very bare the charlie brown tree we call them the charlie brown christmas yeah. trees um and I feel like those have become more popular. Like other people appreciate that look too. I think it looks great because I feel like the, you can see the ornaments. They just like yeah. look so pretty. Um, so when I start buying a real Christmas tree, I will follow suit, but I digress. Um, yeah, I didn't one buy one this year, but I think I will next year. I know. I can't, I can't decide. I can't decide. Or our oh, fun I'm fact gonna... about Sophia, she wants to own her own Christmas tree farm. So... <laughs> you got to start buying them so you can get some knowledge on it yeah so I can walk the walk for sure my parents one year was like we went to a tree farm and my parents were like talking to the owner of the farm and they were explaining like the kind of tree where they're looking for and um you know like why are they so hard to find like what kind of tree is it so we know that we can always just like ask for that tree and he's like those trees are actually um trees that are untrimmed like throughout the years because usually, I guess, if you trim the trees, the Christmas trees, whatever kind it is, it grows fuller. And mm-hmm. that's when you see like the really full Christmas trees that are, you typically see so many of them when you're like right out buying them. Um, but the ones that are sparser are trees that really aren't touched and they aren't maintained. So obviously these Rockefeller Christmas trees are, people are over the years, you know, like grooming these trees, trimming them <laughs> so that they get fuller for the um you know the actual lighting and setup but I thought that was really interesting it seems like backwards that that that, that's how it works yeah um, so I I see why they're so sparse because they're not like actually maintained yes there's a um Christmas tree market that's like a few blocks away from my house and it's right next to a park and in the park there's like a big long walkway and around the whole walkway, there is um, trees decorated with Christmas lights. Cute. It's so cute. So like every night I go over there and walk the bean and I walk through the Christmas trees, which are like yeah. cutely lit up. And then I walk around the walking path. I'll send you a pic. It's super cute. Please post it. I love that. I do. I love like Christmas lights and 
I we were talking about this yesterday. You and Zach put up a little some Christmas lights around your front door, but just like how we both dream of having like Christmas lights that actually like outline our our homes. Yeah. <laughs> Zach didn't want to get on a ladder this year, so we had to just do it around the door. But maybe next year when my foot isn't broken. For sure, next year before <laughs> Thanksgiving, and you just don't light them. Yes. Or if you do white ones, you can light them any time of the year. Yeah, but I don't really. You don't subscribe to that. I'm not like against it, but like I wouldn't do it. I just have my tea lights, which I just have year round. Like around my patio, my tea lights. Oh, yeah, that's different. Yes. Yeah, well, that's it for us this week, everybody. Thank you for listening. Share with a friend, rate, review, subscribe us, and have a great rest of your week. We love you and stay happy. As happy as you can be. Bye. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.